This is a brief reading from Wind in the Willows. In my view, one of the best books ever written. If you're not familiar with Wind in the Willows, it's a story of little animals that live on a riverbank, but it brings them to life as if they were human beings. This chapter is the closest to Christmas uh, that the book comes. And it's all about going home. Going home at Christmas. And it features... Two of the main characters, Ratty, who is a water vole, and Mole, who is a mole. And they've been visiting and they're walking home. Hope you enjoy it. It'll be in several parts, far too long for one. But here it is for me, chapter five, which is called Dulce Dom, and is about going home. The sheep ran, huddling together against the hurdles, blowing out thin nostrils and stamping with delicate forefeet, their heads thrown back and a light steam rising from the crowded sheep pen into the frosty air. As the two animals hastened by in high spirits, with much chatter and laughter, they were returning across country after a long day's outing with Otter, hunting and exploring on the wide uplands where certain stream tributaries to their own river had their first small beginnings. And the shades of the short winter day were closing in on them, and they had still some distance to go. Plodding at random across the plough, they had heard the sheep and had made for them. And now, leading from the sheep pen, they found a beaten track that made walking a lighter business and responded, moreover, to shut small inquiring something which all animals carry inside them, saying unmistakably, yes, quite right, this leads home. It looks as if we were coming to a village, said the mole, somewhat dubiously, slackening his pace, as the track that had in time become a path and then had developed into a lane now handed them over to the charge of a well-metal road. The animals did not hold the villages and their own highways, thickly frequented as they were, but took an independent course regardless of church, post office or public house. Oh, never mind, said the rat. At this season of the year, they're all safe indoors by this time. Sitting round the fire, men, women and children, dogs and cats and all. We shall slip through all right without any bother or unpleasantness, and we can have a look at them through their windows, if you like, and see what they're doing. The rapid nightfall of mid-December had quite beset the little village as they approached it on soft feet over a first thin fall of powdery snow. Little was visible but squares of a dusky orange-red on either side of the road, where the firelight or lamplight of each cottage overflowed through the casements into the dark. Most of the low lattice windows were innocent of blinds, and to the lookers-in from outside, the inmates gathered round the tea-table 
absorbed in handiwork or talking with laughter and gesture. And each that happy grace, which is the last thing the skilled actor shall capture. The natural grace which goes with perfect unconsciousness of observation. Moving at will from one theatre to another. The two spectators, so far from home themselves, had something of a wistfulness in their eyes as they watched a cat being stroked. A sleepy child picked up and huddled off to bed. Or a tired man stretch and knock out his pipe on the end of a smouldering log. But it was from one little window with its blind drawers drawn a mere blank transparency on the night that the sense of home and the little curtained world within walls the larger stressful world of outside nature shut out and forgotten most pulsated close against the white blind hung a birdcage clearly silhouetted every wire perch and appurtenance distinct and recognisable, even to yesterday's dull-edged lump of sugar. On the middle perch, the fluffy occupant, head tucked well into feathers, seemed so near to them as to be easily stroked had they tried. Even the delicate tips of his plumped-out plumage pencilled plainly on the illuminated screen. As they looked, the sleepy little fellow stirred uneasily, woke, shook himself and raised his head. They could see the gape of his tiny head as he yawned in a bored sort of way, looked round and then settled his head into his back again, while the ruffled feathers gradually subsided into perfect stillness. Then a gust of bitter wind took them in the back of the neck, a small sting of frozen sleet on the skin woke them woke them as from a dream and they knew their toes to be cold and their legs tired and their own home distant a weary way once beyond the village where the cottages ceased abruptly on either side of the road they could smell through the darkness the friendly fields again and they braced themselves for the last long stretch the home stretch, the stretch that we know is bound to end sometime in the rattle of the door latch, the sudden firelight, and the sight of familiar things greeting us as long absent travellers from far overseas. They plodded along steadily and silently, each of them thinking his own thoughts. The moles ran a good deal on supper as it was pitch dark and it was all a strange country for him as far as he knew and he was following obediently in the wake of the rat leaving the guidance entirely to him as for the rat he was walking a little way ahead as his habit was his shoulders humped his eyes fixed on the straight grey road in front of him so he did not notice poor Mole when suddenly the summons reached him and he took him like an electric shock. What took Mole? Like an electric shock. Chapter 2. A little later. 
Until then, from Mole and Ratty and me, Keith, and Wind in the Willows, have a good holiday season. Watch out for Chapter 2. Till then, toodle-pip. Thank you.